This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio crime, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. A quick reminder, if you'd like to help support this and all of the Relic Radio shows, you can visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes it all happen, has for 15 years. Thank you for that. And now, this week, we begin with Nick Carter, Master Detective, and the case of the Luminous Spots, his story from April 27, 1947. After that, it's Let George Do It and Death in a Fancy Dress, his story from December 27, 1948. Old Dutch Cleanser, famous for chasing dirt, presents Nick Carter, famous for chasing crime. Every week at this time, two great names are joined as Old Dutch Glenter brings you one of the most resourceful and daring characters in all detective fiction, Nick Carter, Master Detective. Patsy, get every boy belonging to the club into the gymnasium. Why? What's up, Nick? I've got to make a speech to one of them. To one? Then why make it to 120? Because one of the boys knows the killer in this case. And I don't know which boy it is. Now, the case of the Luminous Spots. Today's adventure with Nick Carter, brought to you by Old Dutch Cleanser. There's pandemonium in the gymnasium of the downtown boys' club, Nick Carter's favorite charity. For with one minute to go in the big basketball game with Delaware House, Nick's boys are trailing by one point. Put it in, boys! We can't let Delaware beat us! Oh, Nick, only ten seconds more. You're going to try, Patsy? Come on, Smokey! Make Come this on, one go! Smokey. Make it, Smokey, boys! Patsy, Smokey missed again. Oh, and that's the end of the game. Well, we took a licking. I'd sort of hoped that Smokey Beats could help us lick Delaware this year. It looked like a flash when he joined the club last month. Oh, well. Well, don't look so sad, Nick. Think how much worse Smokey Bates feels. Hiya, Smokey. I've been expecting you. Come in, come in. Hi, Norton. Hi. Nice little joint you got here, fella. Yeah. Place upstairs used to be a dance hall. This is the basement. Costs us three bucks a month rent. Hey, who's the dame? Oh, that, that's, uh, that's Fran Hollis. Hey, Fran. Yeah? This here is Smokey Bates. Oh, hello, Smokey. Hiya, Fran. Nice game you played tonight. Thanks. Say, which reminds me, uh, here's your dough, Smokey. Twenty-five bucks. Nice pay for just missing a few baskets now and then, huh? Yeah, I'll say so. We cleaned up pretty good on the bets, too. Made some nice dough. Yeah, boy, this 25 feels good in the pocket. Ah, that's pin money, kid. Peanuts. We uh, could cut you in on some real dough if you want to play ball. You mean throw another game? Wake up, kid. Wake up. Life ain't all basketball games. If you're the kind of guy that's got nerve and brains and likes plenty of excitement, you... uh, you could make plenty of dough. Yeah, Jerry and Jean from your club joined up with Noonan last month. Yeah? Well, what do they make a week, Noonan? Oh, 40, 50 bucks easy. What do you say, Smokey? I 
think maybe this is just what I've been looking for. You can count me in, Noonan. Good, it's a deal. Meet me here tomorrow morning at 7.30, Smokey. Bring 20 newspapers and a screwdriver. What's the papers got to do with it? Look, Smokey, here's the pitch. You and me's gonna make like we're newsboys in case we get stopped. Oh, I get it. We make like we're on a delivery route. <laughs> That's right. Only we don't work for no pikers, though, like regular newsies do. <laughs> There's a popping house in the next, Bates. What do we do here? Same as the last place? Ah, no. We use a different technique in here. The first apartment on the right. Ring the bell. You kidding? Ring it, I said. This is another of the joints I've been casing. Like I said, it's a cinch to look into first floor apartments and get the dope. The guy lives here alone. Goes to work every morning at 7. That's why you rang the bell? Yeah, just to make sure. Well, he ain't in. Give me that screwdriver, kid. I'm gonna show you a fancy way to open locks. Light a match, I want light. Okay. This guy keeps his dough in the kitchen. In a sugar can. He's... Watch it, Smokey. What are you kids doing there? Uh, uh, nothing, mister. We're just delivering papers. Who do you think you're fooling, Mac? I saw you working at the lock of that screwdriver. You're a couple of sneaky... Oh, no, you don't get away, Sonny. Get your hands off me. Sheep, little tin horn gangsters. You got us wrong, mister. We ain't crooks. Watch out, Smokey. Get out of the way. Don't try nothing funny, son. What do you got in your hand there? A gun, mister. A little toy pistol. Don't think I'll fall for that, Sonny boy. You're falling for it, but good, Grandpa. Don't What's the rush? Where are we driving to? I got a telephone call from Maddie, Patsy. Insisted I drop everything and hurry up to 120 Amsterdam Avenue. Says my downtown boys club is involved. It is? How? I don't know. Maddie wouldn't say. Hmm. Here we are, 120. Come on. Right. Well, all Maddie would say was that he discovered a murder. Murder? Hey, that you, Nick? Yes, Maddie. A nasty case, Nick. Looks like one of your boys is mixed up in it. I'd hate to believe that, Matty. Yeah, well, look here. This corpse is Homer Welland, janitor of the building. Oh. Hey, quiet, you boys, will you? Quiet. He was found dead about a half an hour ago. 22 caliber bullet right through the heart. In some kind of scrap before he was shot, Nick. Yeah, I see the scratches on his hand. And look what we found inside one hand. A piece of wool torn from a sweater, and on it, a small silver pin with the initials D.B.C. Oh, Nick, it's the downtown boys' club pin. Yes, I'm sorry to say. Oh. Well, Nick? Well, Matty, I can't answer for every boy in the club. We've got over a hundred members. One or two may be kind to do a thing like this, but... Hey. Huh? Who belongs to this screwdriver? Well, I figured it was the janitors, but I don't figure all these newspapers. What happened is obvious. Some boy came in here this morning carrying these newspapers, probably to disguise himself as a newsboy. Yeah? Tried to jimmy open the apartment door with the screwdriver. Oh, wait, Nick. How can you tell? Screwdriver's brand new, Patsy. And there are flakes of metal on the end of it that match the metal of the door lock. But, oh. See the fresh scratches on the brass? Holy oh. smoke, I didn't... The boy used matches for light can tell because there's several burnt paper matches on the floor. 
Also the match book, which was probably dropped in the scuffle. Well, that's right. And the janitor interrupted him. There was a fight. And then, a murder. Typical case of juvenile delinquency. Nick, we gotta get down to your club and pick this kid up right away. Matty, there are more than a hundred kids in that club. It'll take a week to question everyone and a month to check their alibis. We've got to work quicker than that. Well, how can we, Nick? Well, the wool from the sweater is your lead, Patsy. Check the stores that sell sweaters. It may be possible to trace the sale to the boy who's wearing it. Uh-huh. Also check the club. Someone may be able to identify the sweater there. Right. Now, what are you gonna do? This matchbook is my lead, Matty. Got the address of a candy store on Sherman Avenue on it, near the old Sherman Dance Hall. You know the place. Yeah. Gang may be operating from around there. They are. I'll find them. I don't like cheap tin horn crooks, especially in my club. Close the door, Smokey. Okay, Noonan. Hi, Noonan. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Gene. Fran ain't here, huh? Nope. Hi, Smokey. How'd you make out? Lousy. Are you kidding? I took 33 bucks in cash and some jewelry. You call that lousy? I call murder lousy. Murder? Yeah, it's like I've been telling you, Noonan. It's okay swiping a few bucks, but I don't go for killing. I'm getting out of here right now. Running out to squeal to Papa Nick Carter, huh? Like fun you are. Oh. You need a little slugging around to wise you up, pal. Okay. You're talking up, Noonan. But I can take you anytime. Ah, uh, your wind's bad, Noonan. You're weak. Why don't you play a little basketball, hey, huh? Easy, Smokey, easy. You'll knock his head off. Watch out, Smokey's reaching for his pistol. Noonan. Yeah, yeah, I dropped him. You'd have squealed on me sure as anything. Listen, Noonan. Now, look, you guys got to help me get rid of the body. Yeah, get rid of it yourself. I'm getting out of here. Me too, and don't wave that gun at us, Noonan. It only holds one shot. We'll be gone before you can reload it. You're in on this killing, too. Remember that. <laughs> We're in, but we're getting out. Like Smokey said, bucks is one thing, but murder is something else. If you guys start to we talk... We ain't going to squeal, Noonan. Don't worry about us. Just start worrying about Smokey. He'll do more talking dead than he'd ever done alive. <laughs> Alone in the basement with the body of Smokey Bates, Noonan begins working desperately to find a hiding place for the corpse. We'll see what happens next in just a moment. Now, back to the case of the Luminous Spots. Today's adventure with Nick Carter, brought to you by Old Dutch Cleanser. An hour after the murder of Smokey Bates, Nick and Matty cautiously descend the steps leading to the basement of the Sherman Dance Hall. This is the place the candy store man told us about, Matty. Gang of kids use it for a club. Uh, maybe, but it's empty now. Well, there's a smell of fresh cigarette smoke here. Also, hey, wait a minute. Huh? There's water on the floor. Pitch dark in here. I can't see a thing. Look, Matty, where I'm flashing my light. What? The rest of this place is a shambles. But somebody's been trying to scrub this part of the floor. I wonder why. Uh, spring house cleaning, maybe. I doubt it, but we'll find out. I'm going back to my car to get my portable lab kit. While I'm doing that, you get some policemen. What for? To watch the entrance of this cellar. Tell them to let anyone in, but not to let anyone out. When I come back, I may have something interesting to show you. All ready, Matty? Yeah, sure. Hey, what's that thing you got there? A spray gun. 
filled with a derivative of folic acid. Uh, what? Um, come again? Put out your flashlight and I'll show you something. Okay. Boy, it's black as pitch in here now. Watch. Well, I spray this acid on the wet spots where the floors have been scrubbed. Yeah? Hey, Nick. There's blue spots appearing on the floor. Glow like phosphorus, don't they? Yeah. They burn just like a blue flame. What I expected would have it. Look, Nick. There are more spots up ahead there. Yes, come on. We'll follow and see where they lead to. Right. See? I just keep spraying... The spots keep on appearing. Yeah, sure. But what the dickens is the stuff that's burning? Blood, Matty. Yep. Did you say blood? That's what I said. Talic acid is a recent discovery. Makes the hemin in the blood glow in the dark. Even if it's been cleaned up? Yes. Enough always remains to react like this. Hey, Nick, look. The blood spots lead directly to that old ash pile. There's a body buried under the ashes. What? There's a shovel, Matty. Take a look. Yeah, sure, as fast as I can. I'll hold the flash for you. Okay. Come on, come on, come on, Matty. Hurry, hurry. I am, I am. Wait a minute. Yep. What's that? Good grief, Nick. It's a body. Let me uncover his face. Oh, good heavens. Nick, you know who he is? It's Smokey Bates, one of the kids in my downtown boys' club. Oh, that's too bad. Poor kid shot through the heart. Probably by the same murderer that killed Welland. Nick, he's wearing the sweater that matches the piece of yarn found in Welland's hand. Yeah. Hey, fellas, what are you doing back there? Hey, Nick, it's a girl. I'll douse the lights so she can't see us. Yeah, sure, but when she comes close, I'll flash the light in her face. Okay. Charlie's doing back in the ash bin. Hello? Oh, oh, you're blinding me. Looking for someone? Who wants to know? This is Sergeant Matheson of the Homicide Squad. I'm Nick Carter. What's your name? Fran. Francis Hollis. Looking for someone in particular, Miss Hollis? No, no. Well, that is a friend of mine wanted me to meet her here, and, and I... Her? You usually refer to your girlfriends as fellows? Oh, oh sure. It's, it's kind of a gag. What's the name of the friend you're supposed to meet here? Sally Brown. <laughs> usually meet her here? No, I've never been here before, Mr. Carter. And you know nothing about a gang of boys that hang out here? What's the gang? Oh, no, no, Mr. Carter. How old are you, Miss Hollis? Oh, almost 17. It's 2 o'clock. Why aren't you in school? Well, I had a study period, and I, I kind of slipped off. <laughs> I guess Sally must have been playing a trick on me. Yeah, uh, look, you better go back to school, Miss Hollis. You might get into trouble. Yeah, sure. I'd hate to get caught playing hooky. Matty. Yeah? Have one of your men follow that girl. Okay, Nick. And tell him to let her see she's being followed. Also, tell him to make sure she goes to school. Then yeah. he's to wait and follow her home after school. Right. In the meantime, I'll do a little checking on her and then rush down to the club. If Smokey Bates was mixed up with this gang, there's a chance some of my other boys may be, too. Okay. Between Francis Hollis and the downtown boys' club, we ought to be able to pick up the killer. Everybody here in the gym now, Patsy? Yes, I've rounded up every last boy. Good. Let me have your attention a minute, fellas. A few hours ago, Smokey Bates was murdered in the basement of the Sherman Dance Hall. 
He was shot down like a dog, dragged to an ash heap and buried in dirt and rubbish. He was murdered by a killer without decency, honor, or shame. Now, it may be that some of you here have been mixed up with this killer. And if you have, I can understand why. You saw a chance for some easy money, for excitement and adventure. You figured the law wasn't your friend. It was just another rival to compete with. You thought crime was a bigger, more thrilling game. That's what Smokey thought. And I've told you what happened to him. But crime isn't fun. It's dirty, mean, dangerous. If I were you, whoever you are, I'd be ashamed and scared. Now, whoever it is who's mixed up in this has a choice to make. He can come down to my office and let me help him out of this jam. And believe me, on my word of honor, I'll do everything I can. Or he can try to bluff his way out of it. But if he does, heaven help him. Mr. Carter. Oh, hello, Jerry. Come on in. Come in, Jean. We're the guys. Yeah. Well, fellows, I'm glad you came to me. You're in a bad mess. This is the only way to work it out. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I I guess it's like you said, Mr. Carter. We just started off doing it for fun. But when he killed Smokey... Who killed Smokey, Jean? I can't tell you, Mr. Carter. Oh, look, Mr. Carter, we'll tell you everything we did. We'll pay back every nickel we swiped. We'll do anything you say. But we can't squeal on this guy. We gave him our word we wouldn't. Okay, Jerry. That's the way you feel. I'm not going to insist. I'll get him without your help. But there's one thing I do insist on, fellas. And it's not going to be easy for you. You're going to the police. You're going to confess everything you've done. You're going to take what's coming to you. Understand? Yes, Mr. Carter. Sure, Mr. Carter. Good boys. And if it'll give you any satisfaction, Miss Bone and I are driving to Fran Hollis's home right now. And inside of an hour, the killer of Smokey Bates is going to get what's coming to him. Nick, how come you know where Fran Hollis lives? Did a little checking before I went back to the club, Patsy. Ah. Mattis should be here to meet me by now. This is it. The White Clabbered House. How much does Fran know about the murders, Nick? I don't think she knows anything. You don't? She wouldn't have come barging into the basement if she did. But she is mixed up with the gang. Mm. Maybe we can locate the killer through her. Nick! Oh. Hey, Nick! Oh, there's Maddie standing in the doorway. And is he mad? I'm all in the house here, and for the love of Pete, hurry it up. All right, all right. Take it easy, Maddie. That bonehead cop let the Hollis girl get away. Oh, no. What? Well, let's have it, Matty. What happened? He tailed her back to school, then he tailed her home. Then? Then about five minutes ago, a whole flock of girls trooped in here to see her. A couple of minutes later, they all marched out and she went with them. And my man didn't spot her. Well, at least you've got to hand it to her. She's a smart kid. Okay, okay. So what? What do we do now? I'll show you. I'll show you. Come on over here to the telephone. Hey, wait a minute. 
How come you know where the phone is? I was here a little while ago as an inspector for the phone company. Oh, so that's the checking up you were doing. Yes. See, I figured Fan was smart enough to spot the cop you put on her tail. Why, she came straight home from school. Then she let you in the house? She did. Oh, my man must have missed you, too. Looks that way, doesn't it? But look, how come she didn't spot your voice as belonging to the guy she talked to in the basement of the Sherman dance hall? Because I used a different voice. Oh, oh, Nick. Why are you moving the Davenport? Just so I can pick this up. Hey, what's that thing? Looks like a small radio. Better than that. And I said I was sure Fran would head for home, and she did. She wanted to do some phoning in a hurry. Only I got here before she had a chance to. Yeah, and then what? I set this small wire recorder down here on the floor next to the telephone box. So that's what that is, a wire recorder. Now look, Nick, wiretapping is out. It won't stand up in court anymore. This isn't wiretaping, Reddy. It ain't? No, no. Don't have to attach it to the phone. Said you just lay this wire near the telephone wire. And it mm. picks up what's said over the telephone? That's right, Betsy. Huh. Well, I'll be darned. What'll they think up next? I don't know yet, Patty. Oh. But didn't she say you leave the recorder? I asked her to get me a drink of water, Patsy, and while she was out of the room, I fixed it, and I'm sure she made a phone call the minute after I left the house. Oh. Now, now let's see. Hello, Noonan? Yeah, that's you, Fran? Noonan, what's happened? There were cops down in your club room snooping around, and there's been a cop following me all afternoon. Are they wise to the racket? Cops down in the basement, huh? Uh-huh. Hey, that ain't so good. Well, tell me what's up. Okay, Franny, listen. I'm over at the Sherman filling station. Yeah. I just acquired a car. Beat it over here and I'll tell you what's doing. But the cops are watching my house. Look, baby, use your brains. You can figure a way to get out. Just hurry up over here. So long. Yeah, that's all there is. It's enough. Matter you stay here and cover the house. Patsy, come with me. There's not a minute to lose. Nick and Patsy dash out of Brand Hollis's house, hoping to meet her and Smokey Bates' killer. In just a minute, we'll see whether they left in time. Now for the conclusion of the case of the luminous spots brought to you by Old Dutch Glenter. At the curb in front of the Sherman filling station, Joe Noonan sits impatiently in a new sedan. As he sees Francis Hollis approaching, he calls out softly. Fran, over here, in the car. Get away, Noonan. Nobody followed me. What kept you so long? I'm in a hurry. I told you on the phone I've been followed all afternoon. And I had to get rid of some kids, and I had to duck in and out of alleys to make sure nobody followed me here. Okay, okay. How do you like the car, baby? Oh, it's a beauty, Noonan, but... Now, listen, all... kid, the car's taking you and me right out of town for good. Sure, Noonan, but... i got to work fast, baby, so the explanations will have to keep. Now, this is what you're going to do. Oh, you know, you talk, talk so fast, I can't... We barge into the filling station, see? And as soon as we get inside, you pull a faint. Yeah. Just drop right onto the floor, out cold, do you understand? Yeah, but... What... Just do it, kid, that's all, just do it. Now, come on. Hey, you want something, bud? Yeah, I uh, gotta have a set of new Joe, gaskets. I... I... I feel kind of funny. Hey, Fran, what's the matter? Fran. Hey, Bud, she's fainted. Give me a hand. Get her off the floor, huh? Okay, mister. If you want to help, you can reach. Why, you? Get over against the wall. Wait. Get the rod he keeps in the register, Fran. But Noonan... It'll shoot a lot better than this dinky 22 I got. Grab the dough out of the register, too. Hey, look, kid. Do like I told you, Fran. We need that dough, and we ain't got all day. All right. Don't think this character's going to spill anything to anybody. No, yeah, no, you don't mean you're going to kill him. Why not? Noonan, I won't get mixed up in a killing. You're mixed up already, baby. I knocked off Smokey Bates. You killed Smokey? Why do you think the cops were on your tail? But, Noonan, I don't want Make to Make up get... your mind. Are you with me, or do you want to get over there against the wall with him? Oh, Noonan, please, let me out of here, please. Okay, baby, get over there. No. I'll knock the both of you off at the... <laughs> all right, all right, take it easy, friend. Nobody's hurt. I just shot the gun out of your boyfriend's hand, that's all. Sorry I couldn't get her any sooner. 
It was soon enough to end the criminal career of Mr. Noonan. Well, that's about all there is to the case, Patsy. We've got Noonan for two murders, and we've got him cold. Yeah, but how did he kill Smokey and Well and Nick? One of the reasons he held up the gas station was to get a revolver. He had a small single-shot pistol that fires a twenty-two caliber shell. Would have preferred something better, no doubt, but that was deadly enough at close range. Oh. Well, if the case is finished, Nick, where are we driving to this morning? Oh, the case isn't finished, Patsy. As far as I'm concerned, it's just started. What do you mean? We're getting out here. Come on. Oh, but this is the courthouse. We're headed for court. Don't get it. Patsy, you and I are going into that court and put up the fight of our lives for Jerry, Gene, and Fran Hollis. Oh, but Nick, what can you do? Get them suspended sentences, I hope. And then we're really going to work on them at the downtown boys' club. You mean Fran, a girl at the downtown boys' club? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Patsy. The boys' club is opening a girls' auxiliary. And you're running it. I'm running it? Mm-hmm. Oh, now see here, Nick Carter. Oh, listen, Patsy. If I do any arguing this morning, I'm going to do it in court. Those kids aren't hardened criminals. And I'm not counting this case a success unless I save them. Well, Nick, can you tell us something about the adventure Old Dutch Cleanser is going to bring us next week? Next week, we're going to meet a young war veteran who decided to turn me into a detective college. Only he unfortunately turned himself into a number one murder suspect. Nick got him out of it by making him wear gloves. Gloves and detective colleges. Sounds fascinating. Uh, What do you call the story, Nick? I call it The Case of the Missing Thumb. Nick Carter, Master Detective, is presented each week at this time and over these same stations by the Cudahy Packing Company, makers of Old Dutch Cleanser. Nick Carter, Master Detective, produced and directed by Jock McGregor, is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. Lon Clark is starred as Nick, with Charlotte Manson featured as Patsy. Matty is played by Ed Latimer. Today's script was written by Alfred Bester. Original music is played by George Wright. This program is fictional, and any resemblance to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is Bob Martin saying, when minutes count... Use Old Dutch Cleanser. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to Let George Do It. Death in Fancy Dress, another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice, danger's my stock and trade. If life's tossed you a wet blanket and you're trying to stagger out from under, call on me, George Valentine. Write full details.
My dear Mr. Valentine, because of a hobby that's dear to my heart and certainly innocent enough, I've received several threats on my life of late. I'm aware that this can't be of world-shaking importance, but it is a confounded nuisance to me. If you decide to take pity on me and come to my rescue, please drop in at my apartment, the Hampshire House. Apartment at the Hampshire Towers tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Would you verify this appointment by phone? Sign Lloyd Bascom. Oh, um, dear old Bascom, whoever he is. Several threats on his life and he loses composure completely. Well, at least he did admit it was a confounded nuisance. I suppose if some scoundrel sprayed him with a shotgun, our friend would say it was a blasted annoyance. Yeah, well, what intrigues me is this gentleman's hobby. What does he collect? Atomic secrets? <laughs> hey, you know, Brooksy, I've always wanted to find an exciting pastime for my spare moments. Go on, Angel, verify the man's appointment. Well, here we are. My trophy room, uh, you might call it. Mr. Bascom, all I see is a lot of junk. <laughs> yes. Now, take this particular piece of um, junk. A broken wine glass. The one with which Lucy Graham plunged her coming out party into a furor. She practically gouged Tony Warren's eye out with it while she was deep in her cups. Uh-huh. I bought it from the caterers. As you see, I have it all neatly tagged. The occasion, the date, etc. And this uh, 1945 license plate, Mr. Baskin? But, oh, yes. The very proper and respected Mrs. Arlington Mackenzie was dragged into court on a hit-and-run charge. That's the plate off her Duesenberg. I bribed her chauffeur to get it. Oh, it was a beautiful scandal. Ah. Well, I can see where this sort of thing wouldn't make you the most popular boy in your set, Baskin. I could not help being born with a silver spoon. But there's nothing to prevent me from reminding my friends of their more scandalous escapades. Now, look here. This lovely lock of red hair. A very lurid story goes with this. If you like, you gentlemen can retire to the smoking car. <laughs> no, this little affair was quite well publicized. Celeste Dupre, the nightclub singer who was accused of the murder of Malcolm Gardner, the broker. She was acquitted. Dear me, I wonder whatever happened to the dear girl. Now, over here... Yeah, well, uh, we get the general idea, Bascom. This is your private wax museum of dead scandals you like to keep alive. Oh, well put, Valentine. I must remember that phrase when I show off my collection at my next party. You mean you deliberately keep bringing up all this? Oh, pardon me. I'll see who's at the door. Huh. Man after my own heart. Yeah. If you're not careful, Angel, he'll cut it out and put it in his collection. What surprises me is that Mr. Bascom's been allowed to go on breathing this long. What's the matter with you, Renu? I didn't come here at all. What is the matter? Have you lost your mind? Joe. Yes, maybe I have. Stop it, Reynolds, you fool. Valentine! Kill you! Come on, boys, break it up. You heard me, Frank. Get off of him. Get out of my way. Now listen, Buster, don't make me hang you up to dry. I'm a peace-loving man. What else have you got here that belongs to my wife, Bascom? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. You see, I found those letters you left under the Christmas tree. Very well, you found them. I'm as good as my word. I promised Donna I'd let her have them back as a present. But too bad you had to find them. The package wasn't addressed to you, Reynolds. Never mind that. I burned them without telling her I saw them. That's too bad. Donna must be very distressed at my breach of faith. Now, Reynolds, if you don't mind, I do have company. Oh, don't mind us. I don't know how much Donna paid you for them. Lord knows she's the one with the money. I don't care. 
But if you have anything else of hers that you can hold over her, I swear I'll break your filthy neck. Just remember that. Oh, dear. See what I mean, Valentine? No. Suppose you draw me a diagram. You've already earned part of your fee when you haul Reynolds off me. That was on the house, Bascom. Uh, what do you mean? I think he means it's no go. If you want protection, you better call out the National Guard. To put it another way, I don't like your idea of fun. I don't like your museum, and I particularly don't like you. Now, wait a minute, Valentine. Let's get going, I'm... Brooksy. I don't want to be late for my paper route. Hey, hold it a minute, Angel. What is it, George? Anything wrong, Reynolds? What? Oh, I... I'm just sitting here trying to calm down. I had a few drinks before, and... Yeah. Yeah, you look in pretty bad shape. Hey, let me have the wheel. I'll take you home. Hop in the back, Brooksy. Really, Mr. Reynolds, you didn't have to bother inviting us in. The least I can do is offer you and Mr. Valentine a drink. Say, look, Reynolds, uh, don't worry about that little scene about Baskin's going any farther than us. Thank you. I, uh, I'm not in the habit of washing my dirty linen in public. Uh, just make yourself comfortable there in the drawing room. Uh, I'll call Donna. Yeah, thanks. George, I don't know about I you, know, but... I know, I know. I'm not too comfortable either. We'll just waltz through the formalities and blow. Darling, over there, huh? look. Yeah. Uh, come to think of it, Valentine. Donna said... Hey, wait a minute, her. Reynolds. Uh, could we go across to that room for a minute? Why? What's the matter with you two, anyway? Why are you standing there like that? I just think it's better that you don't come in here right now. What are you talking about? What happened? Please, Mr. Reynolds. Get out of my way. Let me in here. Donna. Donna. Take it easy, Reynolds. Don't. But she... She's dead. Dead? Here, you better sit down. No. Oh. Ask him drove her to this. Might just as well have pulled the trigger himself. I felt like killing you before. Now I will. You can't do that. Let go of me, you... How can you look at her like that and say that? Let go of me. Somehow Baskin will get what's coming to him. Not Baskin. He never does anything he has to pay for. The law can't punish him. That's why I've got to do this myself. Sorry, Reynolds. I've got to hold you right here till you pull yourself together. Brooksy, call Lieutenant Riley. All right, Valentine, here it is. Yeah, Lieutenant. Between the medical examiner's report and my amateur sleuthing, it's just what you thought it was when you walked into that room across the hall. Suicide, pure and simple. I wasn't questioning that. What? Then what were you questioning? Why did you drag me into the case? Just for old anxiety? Oh, well, it just seemed a good idea at the time. It isn't easy, Lieutenant, to know that a man has driven a woman to suicide and not try to do something about him. Okay, Valentine. I know your heart's in the right place, but... But look, chum boy, why don't you grow up? There's a lot of slimy characters in this world. But, Lieutenant Riley, we know Bascom was blackmailing Mrs. Reynolds. Oh, do we? All I know is she wrote him some silly letters and he was gallant enough to return them to her as a Christmas present. If anything, that makes him out just uh, ginger peach. You know, I'd give a lot to get something on that guy. Go to it, chum boy. Go to it. But remember, keep it legal. Now I gotta mosey along. Oh, Reynolds. Uh, leaving, Lieutenant. Uh, yes, yes, there's nothing more for me to do. I'm sorry about everything. Well, so long, Valentine, and good luck. So long. 
I suppose I should thank you for holding that before, Valentine. I, I don't know what I would have done. Skip it. But there's something else, Reynolds. Yes? Nobody can go racketeering with other people's lives without making at least one bad slip somewhere along the line. It seems there are others who feel like you do and would like to see Bascom dead. I want to find out why. What's that? I want you to hire me to look into our friends, past and present. See if I can find that one little slip. Is it a deal? I, I suppose so, sure. Okay, you got yourself a dollar a year, man. <laughs> it may take you years. That's okay, Reynolds. This is going to be a labor of love. We'll return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, a word from a wise motorist. Can you imagine driving around the world not once, but four times without an engine repair? Well, in actual mileage, one man has driven even farther than that on compounded RPM motor oil and without an engine repair. His name is George M. Hollingsworth, an insurance agent in Bakersfield, California. Here's what Mr. Hollingsworth said. Quote, one of my cars has gone 123,000 miles on RPM without engine repairs, unquote. And lots of Western motorists have told us they've driven seven and eight years on RPM without engine repairs. Thousands of others have learned that RPM pays its own way many times over. For RPM is compounded to stop carbon trouble, to guard engine hot spots left bare and exposed to wear by ordinary motor oils, and to keep the whole engine system cleaner. Try RPM motor oil tomorrow. Get it at any standard station or any independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean, we'll take better care of your car. And now back to tonight's adventure, George Valentine. Your would-be client turns out to be, among other things, a blackmailer responsible for the suicide of one Donna Reynolds. So in a complete reversal, you find yourself pitted against the gentleman determined to find just one slip-up somewhere in his checkered career. If you're like George Valentine, you're as patient as a terrier watching a gopher hole. But you get nowhere, except to Lieutenant Riley's office down at headquarters, where you've been rudely summoned. I think you know this gentleman, Valentine. I wouldn't admit it to anybody but you, Lieutenant. Hiya, Bascom. How are you enjoying your incursion into my life? I've had pleasanter assignments. What do you want with me, Riley? Well, <clears throat> as you know, uh, we're a close little family down here at headquarters. Uh, you better give me the next line. I forgot my cue. Sergeant Olson downstairs told me that this gentleman would like to swear out a warrant against you. Oh. Uh -huh. So I thought we'd better talk it over first. Now, uh, Mr. Bassett, You're doing very well, Lieutenant. Go ahead. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Complaint number one. Illegal entry. Valentine, have you been prowling around in Mr. Bascom's apartment? Well, I never. Yeah, An yeah. apartment? Why, I thought it was a museum. Such fascinating exhibits, broken wine glasses, old license plates. I thought it was open to the public. So, as I remember, I did drop in. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Complaint number two. Questioning Mr. Bascom's friends and causing him unwarranted embarrassment. Oh, no, that's, that's not fair, Lieutenant. Sure, I talked to a lot of people who knew this, uh, gentleman. But not one of them would admit to being his friend. Come now, Valentine. Let's not have a battle of wits. You're so 
Unequip. <laughs> Touché, Mr. Baskin, touche. Cliché, Mr. Valentine, cliché. What the devil's going on here? In two words of two syllables, Lieutenant. If he doesn't stop bothering me, I shall expect that warrant to be served. I think that will be all. Okay. Lieutenant. Did you get that? Can you tie that monkey? Uh, now, look here, Valentine. We've, we've broken bread together. Mrs. Riley likes you, well, like a son. Yeah, and I think of her every time I hear an Irish tenor. I told you to keep it legal when it comes to Bascom. He and the commissioner have mutual friends. I've got to find a lead. There's got to be one. Well, why do you keep saying that? Just because of some letters between him and the late Mrs. Reynolds, this, this drawing room character suddenly becomes Jack the Ripper. What have you found, anyway? Oh, nothing much, Lieutenant, nothing much. We checked most of the people on those tags in his collection. They all hate his guts, but won't say anything. <sighs> okay. Okay, but remember, pal, I warned you. Hello, Lieutenant, may I come in? Oh, Brooks, sure. You told me to meet you downstairs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes I'm just an old chatterbox. What'd you find out, Angel? Well, the last anybody heard of Celeste Dupre was huh? two years ago. She was working in Jake Swansea's cocktail bar out on Fulton Boulevard. Celeste Dupre, how's she mixed up in this? One of her beautiful Titian locks is in Bascom's collection of mementos. Remember, she was accused of murder once? I was going to stop by at Swansea's new club. I thought I'd better talk to you first, Don. Good girl, Brooksy, good girl. We'll go over and have a talk with Jake right now. Swansea says for you to wait at the bar. He'll be right down. Okay, thanks. Come on, Brooksy, let's go. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter, George? Wouldn't that be Reynolds talking to himself at that corner table? Oh, yeah. Looks like he's drowning his sorrows. Coming up for the last time. Yeah, better see if I can get him out of here. Hello, Reynolds. Huh? Don't you think you ought to go home? Oh, Valentine. Would you like us to call your cab, Mr. Reynolds? What I'm doing, I can do better right here. Thank you, Miss Brooks. You know, getting crocked isn't going to help anything, Reynolds. Tell me something, Valentine. Did you get anything on Baskin? Skeleton up in the attic? Trunk full of counterfeit thousand dollar bills? When do I come to his trial? Okay, Reynolds, you win. But take it easy, will you? Hey, is Swansea waving over here at me or you? Oh, I think that's our cue, Mr. Reynolds. Look, Valentine, if Reynolds is a friend of yours, maybe you can get him home. He's been here like that every day. Oh, he'll snap out of it. Look, Swansea, maybe you can help me. Sure, sit down. Can I get you anything, Miss Brooks? No, thanks. What can you tell me about Celeste Dupre? Well, Swansea. Cigarette? Uh, you didn't answer my question. Why don't you leave that kid alone? Didn't she have enough trouble back there being accused of murder and everything? Didn't she work for you once? Yeah. After it happened, I was the only one to give her a job. What if you want anything? It's on the house. Sit down, Swansea. Now, I asked you, what happened to Celeste Dupre? Where do I find her? Can't you see? I don't feel like talking. You know I'm going to find her sooner or later anyway. And when I do, I may come back. I want to know why you didn't tell me. Okay. But don't build any fires under. Make that a personal favor to me. I don't like to see anybody hurt, Swansea. Red lives at the Shelby Arms. Only now her name is... Sealed Dawson. Police? 
Not exactly, Celeste. Or do you prefer Seal? Does it matter? My name's Valentine. I'd like you to answer a few questions. Just whom do you represent? In this case, Valentine, as much as anybody else. I can't keep you from asking questions. Why did you give Lloyd Bascom a lock of your hair? What did you... And when did he give you for it? He usually pays for mementos like that. I... Why don't you leave me alone? I hate to come at you from left field like that, but sometimes it gets results. During my trial, Bascom asked me for a lock of my hair. I I didn't see any harm in giving it to him. Uh Uh-uh. The one I saw looked like a recent acquisition. But we'll let that rest. No, it's not too bad. What do you mean? You've done pretty well for yourself, Celeste. This teepee you live in must run you quite a nut. What do you do for a living? I model clothes. <laughs> the wampum a model gets wouldn't rent a doghouse in this neighborhood. Now, suppose we get out of... Excuse me. Hello? Yes. Yes, that's right. I didn't expect you to call. Oh, you should. Take your hand off the phone. Say what I tell you, Celeste, and I'm not fooling. Valentine just left. Go on. Uh, Valentine just left. What's that? Tell him you want to see him. Get right over here because it's important. No. Nothing's wrong. But I wish you'd come over. Yes, very important. Goodbye. I believe you would have hit me if I didn't play parrot for you. Could be, Red. Could be. I'm not on my best behavior these days. You don't know who that was. Could have been my cousin from 29 Palms. Whoever it was, Celeste, I'll be waiting downstairs in front of the house to greet him. Just a minute getting here, did you, Baskin? Valentine, I... You look so grief-stricken. Celeste didn't cross you. She had to say what I told her. Oh, dear, you're turning into quite a problem. Yeah, well, let's go up and join Celeste. We have a lot to talk about, you and I. Including why you called her to see if I was here. Uh, you first, Baskin. Yes, I could stand a drink of that. As I recall, when we first met, you were wondering what became of Celeste to pray. Oh, that Well, there you are, Baskin. Hey, Reynolds. I was waiting for you. I'm going to kill you. One of those bullets nearly had my name on it. You hurt? I didn't expect you. Come on, it's just a scratch. Now let's get out of here. Cops will be flocking around here any minute. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy, Brooksy. All the pieces of the puzzle are there, but it's still a puzzle. All right, but hold your arms still. Bascom is in the middle of something big. It may be genteel, but it's against the law. Now, what could it be? Do you think that... Ouch! Hey, look, Angel, stop fussing, will you? It's only a scratch. Well, it could have been more than that. Darling, why don't you let this thing ride? Somebody's going to make a little hole in you yet. Uh-uh. Anyway, Reynolds isn't going to rest till he gets Bascom, and there's nothing you can do about it. Think of him, hiding there in the lobby, waiting. If only... Sure. Sure, that's it. Just like that. Wham, sorry. Are you off on another tizzy? What is it now? Go on, Brooksy Beater. Take a walk for yourself. Buy yourself some saltwater taffy. Will you get off the banter wagon and tell me what this is all about? If you want to find out, meet me at Lieutenant Riley's in about an hour. Now go on. All right. But I don't like taffy. 
you mind if I make it cough drops for this cold? <laughs> cough drops. Oh, Brooksy, baby, you put your finger right on it. Ooh, you dumb. Hey, operator. Let me have the phone number of Jake Swansea's Club 18. Look, Valentine, you could have come over to the club if you wanted to see me. Oh, no, Swansea. You wouldn't want anything like this to happen in your club. Hey, what? What is that for? What's the play? I got to get you in the mood to talk about the tie-up between you and Celeste and Pascal. You say around town you're a little buzz-headed. And I never believed it before. Come on, out of your talk, or do we have ourselves a game of ping-pong first? I don't mind. Oh, you don't want to bite me, Jake. You keep him up there. I know. What about it, Swansea? What about it? Uh, smart guy, huh? I'll put my knee right through you if you don't open up. All right, all right. Okay. Just lay there. Catch your breath. Ready? What do you want to ask me? First, I'm going to tell you. Yeah? What? You're not just mixed up in blackmail, muster. There's murder involved. Go on. You know about it. You profit by it. That's being an accessory after the fact. They lock you away for that. Yeah. I see what you mean, Valentine. Okay, now you're being bright. If you play it smart, maybe they'll go easy on you. You win. I guess this calls for a drink. Yeah, Swansea. And a little trip down to headquarters. Okay, Swansea, okay. You've been very eloquent. Just wanted to be helpful, Lieutenant. Oh, yes, yes, I know. Well, now you can join Mr. Dupre uh, in the other office. Oh, Sergeant, send Baskerman in here. I'm right here, Lieutenant. Well, well, sit down. Thank you. Very time. You look a mess. Fighting again? <laughs> yeah. But it was worth it just for this one little occasion. Ask him you met Celeste during a trial. What of you? You were looking for mementos for your collection. You didn't get one until some time after. Well, you and she got to know each other uh, rather well. But don't expect any comments from me. You're spinning this... All right, then, Bascom, shut up. So sorry. In fact, you and Celeste became so chummy that somehow she found herself in a perfect spot. You had arranged all the unpleasant details, Bascom, and she could sit back and blackmail you groggy. And Swansea was just the boy to see that you paid off. Come on, son, come on. Get to the point for the man. The murder. The murder? Oh, you know all about that, Bascom, don't you? After all, you worked it out. Deliberately fancy, but very neat. Classic picture of suicide, motive and all. Yet it was murder. Lieutenant, I'm beginning to resent the unrestrained use of that word in connection with me. Yeah? Well, I'll just take my chances on your being angry with me, too, Mr. Bascom. I'm holding you on suspicion of murder. On what evidence? With what Mr. Prey and Swansea will have to say, I'll risk being wrong. Mr. Reynolds just arrived, Lieutenant. Oh, yeah? Well, I suppose he ought to know what's been going on, so we'll have him come in. I should like to call my attorney, Lieutenant. Uh, there'll be plenty of time for that. Come on in, Reynolds. You missed the fireworks. Why? What's that? Well, this should give you some satisfaction. We're holding Bascom for the murder of your wife. What's that? Did you say murder? Yes. Oh, Sergeant, take this guy away now. Huh? All right, come on now, this way. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it, Sergeant. I don't want you to make two trips. Uh, 
What's this, Valentine? Don't rush me, Lieutenant. Tonight, when you were pouring shots at Fascom, you were really trying to kill me, Reynolds. What are you saying? Why would I do that? You didn't follow him to Celeste's place, as you said. You couldn't have. You were already inside the lobby. Miss Brooks reminded me of that. Then everything fell into place. I still want to know what reason I'd have for doing anything like that. What about it, Valentine? A man will do anything to get away with murder, Lieutenant. It was Reynolds who killed his wife. Oh, will you stop it, Brooks? Oh, be still. You're just a big baby. <laughs> Nothing but a little iodine. Oh, a little iodine. A little iodine. <laughs> Lieutenant, do something. She's torturing. <laughs> oh, you live, chum boy. Fine thing. I fix your arm and you have to go and get into a fight. Yeah. Uh, I guess people never will learn. I mean about murder. If they want to kill, why don't they just bash somebody over the head without being fancy? Why, what a fine way for a lieutenant to talk. Oh, they'll get caught, sure, sure. But think of all the trouble they'd save. Oh, but don't forget the creative touch, lieutenant. Means a lot to a man like Bascom. Think of the setup. Months back, he introduces his charming pal Reynolds to the wealthy Donna. She marries Reynolds all according to the plan. Ouch! Oh, quiet, Junior. Then it's all a build-up to our entrance, Angel. We were there to witness the clash between the aggrieved husband and the supposed blackmailer. And all the time, the poor woman was lying home dead. No threats on Bascom's life. No letters for Reynolds to burn. No blackmail, no nothing. Just a plain, unsimple murder. Reynolds gets the money from the estate. Divides it with Bascom. Then Swansea and the girl get their cut from him. That's it, Lieutenant. Mm. Don't tell me you're through, Brooksy. Yes, sissy. I can see that when little George falls off his scooter, I'll have to render first aid. Uh, what's that? Little George? And huh? when his baby sister tumbles out of her high chair, I'll have to... Oh, George Valentine, sometimes you get me so mad I could... Oh, I oh, could... oh, 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 Brooksy. Oh, what? That's no way to talk to the father of two children. With 1949 just four days away, probably you've got your list of New Year's resolutions well started. But how about putting this resolution near the top of your list? Why not promise yourself to get the most out of your car? To do this, make sure you ask for Chevron Supreme gasoline, the premium quality gasoline that you can get at all standard stations and independent Chevron gas stations. The reason Chevron Supreme allows your car to do its very best is that it's fortified with high-octane blending agents. These blending agents give your car smoother acceleration on the straightaway, smoother power and extra power on the steepest hills. Also, Chevron Supreme's climate tailored to each different altitude and temperature zone in the West. Tailored to give you fast starts and speedy pickup in stop-and-go traffic. So for best motoring in 1949, why not make a resolution right now to give your car peak performance by getting Chevron Supreme gasoline at independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations where they say and mean we'll take better care of your car. Next Monday night, a new case for George, murder and one to go. Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West. 
Let George Do It stars Robert Bailey as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Wally Mayer appears as Lieutenant Riley. Tonight's story was written by David Victor and Herbert Little Jr. and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Jay Novello as Lloyd Bascom, Louis Van Ruten as Reynolds, Gloria Blondell as Celeste, and Ken Christie as Swansea. The music is composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week for Murder in One to Go on Let George Do It. Remember, next week, those listeners who are now in standard time states will hear this broadcast one hour later. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. That's Case Closed for this week. You can find more from Nick Carter, Master Detective. Let George Do It, past episodes of this show, and all the other Relic Radio shows at relicradio.com. You'll also find our Shoutcast stream there with even more old-time radio. Lots to listen to. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. (laughs) 